Mark, I'm desperate to know. I want to do my basement. I want to finish it like a man. But the problem is I can't. I can't do anything. Yeah, you're not a man, so don't try and be a man. I want you to call True Build Limited. They have a staff of real men, so guys like you and I can drink our lemonade, okay, and watch Frosty. This is the time we want to be relaxing and watch real men finish our basement. You can't work outside, so get True Build Limited inside your house, into the basement, finish it for the summer. Will they let me hold the hammer? Because I have a a father-in-law that will judge me if I don't do any of the work myself. Will they let me hold a hammer or drill maybe the last screw into some board? They will let you be a part of the team, okay? They will give you one hammer. It may not be real, but they'll give you a hammer to hold, okay, while they're working. But, okay, what I want to express sincerely here is once they're done the basement, you book with them before they leave to finish your fence for the upcoming spring. They're taking bookings for fencing. So finish your basement. I love that. So you can have uh, Christmas with your family, get the fence in so you don't have to see your ugly neighbors anymore. <laughs> and oh, actually my in-laws are my neighbors, Mark. Get a 10 foot fence for Jay <laughs> book for spring 2021. True Build Limited, contact them now. snobs show number 30 something i forget you know who won't forget phil craig look up the name phil craig he'll get you same day mortgage approval and if you tell him the soccer snobs sent you he'll save you 300 dollars. 300 exactly the amount of injuries i had at carlton (laughs) phil craig is non-biased no affiliation with any bank he'll give you his honest Best opinion to save you money. Look him up, Phil Craig. Quasi Loney, you're in your 40s like me, like everybody on here. But when it snows outside and it's sticky snow, you're by yourself. You make a snowball and throw it at a stop sign still. Tell me. I make the snowball 100% and I find the target. Whether it's the stop sign or not, I'm hitting the target for sure. That's right. 100%. I I, we... As men, we don't get past that snowball stage. If it's sticky, <laughs> you're making a snowball. And if someone's there, they're in danger. If not, something's getting hit. Yep. Kwame Telemac. Now, tell me I said that right since you yes. are in charge of me. <laughs> you got it spot on. Perfect. As a DJ, do you remember the first record deemed crappy enough for you to scratch? Ha! <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> 
the first record was uh, that I could scratch was probably Millie Vanilli when it came out when it, when it got oh. that news broke. <clears throat> yeah, all right. That you know what? That's a perfect story. I love that. Steve <laughs> O'Kane, you're in your car, you're driving alone. Beautiful drive. Okay. You get super thirsty. You see half an empty water bottle on the floor passenger seat. Could be there a week, could be there a day. Do you drink it? I do. I do. <laughs> I just it's in my car. Uh, yeah, I do. I just, I drink it and I just, no one knows. I feel like you're judging me with your stupid eyes, your little beady eyes, like, gross. There's COVID in the water. You drink it, but you do feel a bit of shame. You're shamed, but you are enjoying it. I, but I can deal with my own shame. Like, uh, yeah, I don't that, that's the forever. best. That's the best shame ever. Yeah. Right. Show topic. Okay. Racism. Racism in sports, soccer. We are currently in a global pandemic, okay? To be honest, after doing even the tiniest little bit of research on this topic, it's clear we're in two pandemics. Racism in the world, specifically in sport, for the purposes of this show, okay? It's out of control and requires a vaccine of its own. If only it were, if, if only it were that simple. Okay, I'm already stumbling on my words. It's such, a, <laughs> such an important topic. Because it's not an easy subject to talk about in our show, okay? We have a lot of laughs, but we want to be serious just for a few minutes here to, to get through this, uh, you know, really important thing. I want to ask my questions open and honestly so we have an open conversation, okay? And I think people should do the same. Now, with that said, our guest here today, Kwesi Loney. Originally from Toronto, Kwesi came to Ottawa to attend Carleton University, Played there five years with me. And that's what made his, his time there. <laughs> he was my captain, okay, our leader for all the four years I was there. Now he's full circle. He's the leader of the young men, head coach of the Carleton U Sports men's soccer team. He was named U Sports Coach of the Year last year, too. Kwame Telemach, you guys are so uh, decorated. It's, it's, I'm out of breath already. <clears throat> Originally from Montreal. Played soccer professionally in Europe for for four years plus with clubs such as KAA Ghent. I'm sure it's like KAA Ghent or something <laughs> way more professional. Elino Oslo, Albion Rovers, and Maritimo, where Bunbury played. I nailed that name, by the way. Nailed it this time, Mark. Stops in Ottawa to play for the Ottawa Wizards. Now he's club head coach at West Ottawa Soccer Club and uh, we're, uh, coaches with Quasia Carlton. He's the CEO, founder, provider of Cap City Beats, does everything, host of No Holds Bar, DJ extraordinaire. <laughs> right. That's a whole page. Look at this. Whole page on YouTube. <laughs> My God, man. I got too much time on them. Jeez. Steve drinks dirty water. I throw snowballs. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> so before we start, okay, <clears throat> this is something that. I don't want to come across as ignorant or in any way, but I want to get this out of the way because this is actually something that came up with me and my kids the other day. It's terminology. Now, my son, uh, you know, we, when we speak of something like Asian, it's not just, not everyone is Chinese. It's there's Korean, there's Japanese, there's all sorts of, you know, all sorts of nationalities. Now, when it comes to, I want to say African-Americans, that's completely inaccurate because we're not American and not everybody's from Africa. So mm -hmm. 
I'm just taking it from Black Lives Matter. Is black as black the term we want to use? Yeah, I think I think I, that's a term I'm I'm comfortable with. I, I think it, it depends on the individual too, as well in terms of what their level of comfort in terms of how they want to be recognized. But for me, um, yeah, I'm more than been okay than you know, being recognized as a member of the Black community. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, you know I repeat that sentiment. I have no issues with with that. I, I don't I don't regard it as a bad terminology at all. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. I'm like George Costanza here. Like, uh, should we be talking about this? You know, like, I'm like, uh, you know, it's one of those things because, and that's why I said in my intro, I'm like, we have to have these conversations because you don't want to be, uh, you know, there should be no elephants in the room anywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. we should be open and honest about anything. And that's something that made me uncomfortable. I didn't know how, you know, anyway. I think, I think that's, that's the key, Mark, is, is, is conversations, right? The more conversations we have, the more uncomfortable we make, uh, you know, these conversations and talking about it, it's the more knowledge you gain, right? So that's I right. think kudos, kudos on you guys. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. The only uncomfortable thing here is Steve's sweater. Okay, that's, what we're gonna <laughs> that's the only uncomfortable thing currently on the show. Now, I want to <laughs> kick it off to Quasi right away um, because there's an organization that's popped up in the community that we believe needs to be pushed hard mm -hmm. and uh, it's athletes combating racism. So I'm going to throw it to Quasi just real quick here, but it's, um, I want to read your mission statement. Um, it's uh, our mission is to combat systemic racism by being consistent partners in the community and providing equal opportunities to all youth. Um, so Quasi, tell us about that, how it started, what it's about, uh, what can we do here? Yeah, well, I mean, thanks, Mark. It, it's it's a it's it's a brand new organization. Um, probably uh, only been around now for maybe past two months. Um, in terms of the, the founding members, uh, they are active members of our athletic community right now. I mean, you have members that are current athletes. You have uh, alumni of different uh, universities and college institutions here in Ottawa. And you also have current coaches. I mean, me being one of them, but we also have like Taffy Charles and Dave Smart who are um, active coaches currently at, at Carleton University. And, and I think one of the, one of the biggest, um, um, I, I mean, advantages and benefits of this organization is that, you know, you're bringing together athletes from all different walks. And as you know, Steve as well and Kwame, we've all been a part of the team environment. And we understand that within the team environment, you know, these topics do come up, but because of the environment that we're able to create and foster, it allows for open conversation. It allows for trust and, and non-judgment. So we felt like by bringing together like-minded athletes and individuals from that realm, we can now look to kind of impose that type of mentality within the community, particularly at the younger ages, because we all know that that racism is not something that you're born with, right? It, it's taught through experiences and, and, and what you've seen. Um, so we, if we have the ability through different activities and events to influence you know, the younger generations uh, and the youth of our community um, to have them understand the differences between our cultures, our languages, and start to think from a perspective of equality and inclusion. Um, that's, that's what our messaging and that's what really what we're about is trying to bring that sport mentality to everybody and show that we are all one people and, and how we can support each other. Yeah. So are you like, do you work directly with youth? Like you're you, almost like a sign up thing where like, kids sign up and, and are, you know, can be with mentors or how, how does it like, how does it directly link to youth? 
Yeah, so I mean, we have a couple different initiatives that we're currently uh, engaged in right now, and um, we, we we engage in such things as like field trips. So we've done like we've taken different members of the of the younger community, uh, we've taken them on to field trips such as like paintballing, or we've gone paddleboarding. Um, we're just trying to you know bring the, the younger generations together. Um, we've also uh, initiated a program around tutoring as well. So we're actually utilizing some of some uh, varsity athletes, some student athletes from various universities to assist. With, um, with, with younger kids in the, in the age range of uh, you know, high school students that are looking for additional support academically, right? Where they may not have been able to afford a tutor, we're now providing uh, our student athletes as, as tutors for them to help them through their academics. Um, we also do things like mentorship. You know, we're starting to, to, to gain volunteers are, are interested in, in volunteering in a mentorship capacity. So we're aligning you with a young member of our community just to provide them guidance advice through so through some particular uh, tough times and then we're also doing something called midnight movement um now because we're in the pandemic it has has been a little bit difficult to run the midnight movement so essentially what it is is we're looking at running late night events so whether it be basketball or soccer uh at different facilities where kids can come together in a very supportive uh, inclusive environment where we're just playing sport right i mean for a lot of us here i know sport was an outlet it was an opportunity for us to experience different cultures, different languages. Um, and for us, we want, we want our organization to be very indicative of what that environment was like, even for those individuals that don't play sport in their, in their day-to-day life. Yeah, yeah, I wanna like, uh, I'll throw it to Kwame here, just to, to build on that point. It's like that midnight, um, you know, get, I, I, already, I already forget, what kind of host? Midnight, midnight, anyway. midnight movement. <laughs> midnight movement, I keep thinking midnight mass because it's Christmas. I'm, I'm like, thinking midnight madness, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Stuff like that, Kwame, is super important because when we were growing up, I, when I was growing up, I grew up in the, in the Pineview, you know, area where in, of Ottawa, where Boys and Girls Club was everything, you know, like we would go there and shoot, you know, all this stuff was free and we'd just go and we'd right. shoot hoops or we'd kick the ball around or just do whatever. But now I find there's nothing like there's nothing free anymore. You got to pay for everything, pay for gyms. Yeah. That people don't play outside anymore so like something like this is crucial no absolutely i mean uh i think the more that we can provide and come together as a community it's what it's what's going to bring together ultimately right um you know like like Quasi said you know the behaviors that we that we teach is what you know young people are going to carry on and those young people will become old people like us um so it's important that we give them you know that base of you know that we're we're you know we're people we're all people um yeah. how we conduct ourselves how we educate how we uh, converse amongst each other it's what it's all about so this yeah. is uh, this is great stuff so what like if let's say steve or i or kwame if he isn't already wanted to be a mentor how like what what do we do and what what's like what does it entail like what's our responsibilities here yeah so at this point in time i mean we're, we're looking to accept anybody from volunteers to donations um, and you can easily do that by, by visiting our website at athletescombatingracism.org. Uh, um, and you can check out some of the programs that we have up and coming and, and how you can get involved. I mean, for us, we, we want, I mean, this is not meant to be uh, a racialized group in terms of just, just supported by the black community. I mean, this is a, a humanity problem. It's not simply a black community problem. And I think um, the more hands we have a part of it, the more cultures that are a part of it, um, you know, we're stronger in, in greater numbers. So for, for us, it's about how many people want to be involved and how can we get you involved, right? Is either from yeah. a distance, you know, or, or, or face-to-face. Um, but we're looking just to encourage as many people to, to you know, support us 
um, as well as, you know, get involved. Right. I think, I think that's the biggest part right now is that, you know, it's about taking actions now. Right. I think the, yeah. the gestures uh, has been fantastic. And you see that on a global level from all, all sports, whether it be T-shirts that are being worn or gestures before games by taking a knee. And I think that that's fantastic. I do feel like the next step is to take physical actions. Right. How yeah. can we impact the, the younger generation? How can we impact the systems that are currently in place now? Right. So I'm going to build on that and chuck it to Kwame here because QPR in the in the championship, Anton Ferdinand, who is a member of the black community, is the director of football there. And he's come out and said the kneeling before a game is now a PR thing only. He doesn't want his players to do it anymore. He thinks that they need to move past this and do more because now it's, you know, when it first broke, he said it, it was you know, a minute and it was passionate. You could see it in them. And now he's saying they're just going through the motions. So Kwame, do you think we need to continue with this or like Kwesi said, do we need to now put in some action here? And uh, That's a, that's a great question. Um, my thoughts behind it is I would like to see it continued. I think uh, the EPL right now is probably the only league that is doing it. Right? If I'm, I could be mistaken there, but I think they're the only ones that are doing it on a professional level. Um, I, I just think there needs to be actions now behind the visual. So, you know, yes, Neil, yes, please, you know, take that 30 seconds to show support for a movement. But now can we actually move with the movement? Um, can there actually be actions taken behind it instead of just, you know, slaps on the wrist if, you know, fans or coaches or referees in the, in, in the Champions League the other day, um, you know, are, are, you know, deemed, you know, that they've done something that is against what the movement's about. So it's important that... It's not just words anymore. There has to be actions behind the words. Yeah, well, that's it. Now I'll throw it to Steve now because I know yeah. Steve's familiar with it. We've talked about this. Millwall, okay? There's been a COVID pandemic for 9, 10, 11 months. I don't even know anymore. It could be three years. I have no idea how long <laughs> we've been inside. Um, now, they're fan we've had no fans across the globe for however many months. The first game back, for Millwall, they've, they're allowed to let in 2,000 fans because they're in, in London. And the first thing they do is they boo the players kneeling for the uh, Black Lives Matter. Now, Steve, your best guess, what do you think happened to Millwall from the FA? What punishment, what sort of anything did they receive? I feel as a snob, I should already know the answer, and I don't, so I'm embarrassed that you asked me. I wish you skipped me for another question. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, like the only word to describe it is it's a disgusting action by ignorant people. I, I just like I'm already playing Quasi's like what he said so far over my head, like that's learnt behavior, you know, like that's that's a bunch of people who have been in an environment where that's learnt behavior, that, that racism and them making that gesture. Um, so I'm skirting around answering your question by saying that, by trying to say something that I believe in, which is true. But uh, yeah. I'm going to say... Um, they, I don't know, no fans for one game. It must have been a, a lenient punishment. Yeah. So here's what happened. I'm going to build on, I'm actually going to go backwards in time for one second here. In 2019, Millwall, okay, this is pre-pandemic, 2019, yeah. they were fined $10,000 and ordered to implement an action plan, okay, because their, their supporters were chanting racist things against Everton last season. So that's what they were told last year. Okay, to find 10 grand, told to put in an action plan by the FA. Now, when they came back this year, first time again, COVID, 
2,000 yep. fans yep. booing the kneeling. The FA condemned the behavior, and the club said they were saddened. That's the two things that happened. That's the two things that happened. Can I can That's I just jump in? Like, uh, again, like I'm, I I actually wrote it down on my piece of paper here for from Quasi actions, not gestures. Like. You know, there's the gesture of kneeling, and I guess that's the point that Anton Ferdinand's making. Like, that's a, a gesture that the Millwall players are making. It's not making a difference. What was the action plan last year? Like, is there even a PowerPoint document that someone did to say, here's a few steps or here's some things we can do? I love action, not gestures. Like, I'm actually going to use that with players I coach as well. Like, I love that Quasi's got this group. I love that it's it's actually doing something. It's the same thing I try to say when Jay goes on a rant in our show about coaching or something. Well, like we've made this rant, but what are solutions to the problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's it. Quasi, how is Timmy, who's eight years old with his dad, at that game learning that that's not, that's, that, 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 that's not right? Yeah. If, there's no, if they're allowed in the next game and yeah. if nothing yeah. happens, I don't understand. How is, like, how is that helping groom the youth over there? Yeah, and, and I and I think on a, on a larger scale, Mark. I mean, like I like to think because I know that when I I watched that game and and I saw the incident, but I also watched it and my son was beside me, right? And, and I remember having to have that conversation, you know, with my son in terms of you know what is happening. Well, why is this happening? Why are they booing, right? And I, and I like to think that you know not just the fans that watched the game or attended the game but any soccer fan around the world who saw that happen is now having that conversation with their with their kids yeah. right and i yeah. think that's what the most important part is and we started off this conversation by saying we want to have more of the uncomfortable conversations like that is one of them yeah. right so so yes i mean these incidences are happening and let's be honest about it guys i mean yes it happened in millwall but over the last 10, 15 years, we've seen numerous actions yeah. take place and little action be taken against it. Um, so what you're seeing now is, is, is more of a, a stance against we will no longer accept this. And, and this is from everybody, right? Yeah. And, and you're still going to have those individuals that, you know, want to believe, you know, you know are, are supportive in racism or not anti-racist. And I think it's important that the conversation needs to happen. And, and yes, for me, watching that at home, the initial conversation was with my son, right? So yeah. we're talking about action. We're talking about impact. We're not, I'm not necessarily talking about on a large scale, but what can you impact within your circle? And, and yeah. it starts with everybody's within your family, within your, yep. your work construct, within your team construct. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, I love that spinning a negative into a positive, using their ignorance as a tool for us to educate. I love that. I love yeah. that answer. Kwame, Colin Kazim Richards, during that game, while they were booing, he stood up, faced them, and, uh, and continued to, uh, to do the fist and that, uh, that gesture, which I found was, was super. I wish other players would have stood up and done the same. But what can players do in a situation like that, like he did? I mean, I know it's racism is a much bigger than soccer, much bigger than anything, but like the players are there to play. They, I mean, if we walk off every time that it happens, do we want to do that? Is that something you would like to see? Have them just walked off the pitch? You know what? I think it's gotten to that point. If I'm going to be completely honest, I think it has gotten to that point where it's, you know, let's be honest here. The, the, the behavior has always been in our society. It's been here for, for hundreds of years. So you're not going to change things in a matter of months. This is yeah. a gradual progression that you need to needs to happen, but people have to stand up and say, you know what, enough's enough. This is bigger than 
you know, the money that Sky Sports get, gives to Millwall or gives to whichever club it is. This is bigger than, oh, my God, the game's canceled so nobody can watch it. Um, we've got to step up as a society and say, you know what, this is this is not it. And uh, I love the fact that um, the – sorry, I can't remember their name – and the champion, the Turkish team played PSG. Oh, and yeah. both both teams walked off. We're not we're not we're not playing today. I think it sent a bit of a message, and I hope I hope more follow. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's pretty much the only way to get because it's all revolving around the money, right? It's a Sky Sports and everything. If the players walked off at every opportunity possible, how can people? They can't uh, they can't deny it, and they have to hit it head on. Like imagine maybe like final. maybe now you'll have a real action plan. You know, like right. like I'll be honest. I'm not. I'll just be honest. When I first heard it. I was watching another game and I was like, well, what happened? They walked off. Like what really happened? It was someone off the field. And I was like, right away. I was like, well, how do you finish the champions league? Like, I'm just going to be honest. And then I, but, but the fact that it's an uncomfortable situation and it's causing, like they were saying, uncomfortable conversations. Well, now your uncomfortable actions causing an uncomfortable conversation and you nailed it. Now it's hitting the bottom line. And now maybe they'll say, listen, we can't deal with this. This is this is money. This is Champions League. This is sponsorship. Like Millwall and whoever, like those BS action plans. Like make it real because we do not want to lose. Yeah, we don't want to lose. And I think what's important on that, Steve. I think you hit the nail on the head, right? If they don't walk off the field in unity, do we have this conversation? Are we yeah. talking about it? Right. If it. It, if it if it occurred, like the incident occurred, and they just removed the fourth official and kept playing the game. Would this still be a topic of oh. conversation right now? And that's the point, right? Yeah. Like you need yeah. to, we need to, we need to trigger the conversation. And by yeah. those, bo- by the two teams walking off, it made global headlines, and it forced yeah. people that didn't want to talk about it to talk yeah. about it, right? That's, I think that's right. what's important. Yeah. And yeah. some of the, no. sc- and the scariest yeah. part about sorry about that, Mark taking oh. over your show now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, the Mark, scariest part, of- boss. <laughs> <laughs> The, the scariest part about it was I don't even think the fourth official realized that he he made an error in judgment. No. Uh, yeah. You know, and these are the conversations. These are the examples that we need out there for people to recognize. Yeah. That, That's you know, right. You wouldn't be pointing at, you wouldn't be pointing at, you know, I don't know who's playing, uh, Di Maria and saying that, you know, Spanish guy or white guy yeah. is yeah. a weird but you're yeah. pointing at them, in that way. Yeah. So it's it's just education, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And I want to. I'm just going to circle back to the club. That we're, we're picking on Millwall here. I'm, there's a ton of <laughs> other clubs that have done this. So if you're from Millwall, okay, I don't mean to be, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the supporters, a lot of them are great. Okay, Let, let's just preface it with that. But the ones that were there weren't. So the only way, again, is to have the FA say that they condemn the behavior. Sure, we all condemn the behavior. We can anyone can throw a condemn anywhere. It's like Seinfeld. Anyone can take a reservation. You know, <laughs> we need more than condemn. If you shut down Millwall and shut down their gate receipts, dock them points, and and make it a real issue for the club, it forces clubs in now in turn to police their own people. Right. They have to. I mean, there's CCTV cameras all over the downtown area in England for fights. Why can't it be all over the stadiums and catch this kind of thing? Okay, because I have here. Teams, clubs are docked points all the time. Yeah. For financial reasons. So finances, 
we can dock points. But for outward racism, we condemn it, but you're not docking points or anything. That to me is just so topsy-turvy that it, it, it's just, it's hard to even talk about. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a systemic problem though, right? It's, a, it's, it's top down. You know, if the top, you know, it's like in any organization, any team, if the head coach is preaching a certain way, um, the team's going to follow suit. The assistant coaches will follow suit, the, the, you know, the physio, the doctor. So yeah. it starts from the top. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it happened to, remember Bulgaria and England there that one time? Uh, mm. England players were all abused in Bulgaria. Um, they were, yeah, they were racist chanting, Nazi salutes, all sorts of things. And they were given a one-game stadium ban yeah. and fined $80,000. $80,000 yeah. for a, a country? I mean, a, yeah. and at that time, Bulgaria Stadium was only partially full because they were already serving a ban for racial uh, abuse. No way. I didn't I know mean, that. Yeah. How, I, I mean, again, I mean, we've beaten it to death at this point, but if you're not policing the clubs and like shutting things down and docking points and kicking them out of tournaments, kick them out of the qualifying, that'll send a message. I mean, if that doesn't happen, this will, it's not going to stop. It really yeah, will. And, and just to, to, to talk about a little bit, Mark, I mean, Kwame made the comment about, you know, you're talking about a, an issue that's been around for hundreds of years, right? So, I mean, yeah, I agree with the dra with the, the drastic approach and immediately things need to shut down. But we also need to be very conscious of the fact that in some of these organizations, individuals, they still don't see there's anything wrong with, with what's being done or what's being said, or they don't see the, the actual... The, the, the level of, of, of which we're trying to take this to and, and, and the severity of it. So it, it is going to be a, a, an uphill battle to start, right? And, yeah. and I think one of the key elements, and, I've, and we talk about this within our team a lot, is the level of trust, right? And this is why we talk about the team mentality and, and what, why I'm, I'm so, such a big supporter of, you know, athletes combating racism, is that within a team, there has to be a certain level of trust. And only when you get to that level of trust do you feel comfortable enough to have those conversations and to be able yeah. to speak in that manner. So before you can get to the point where you're open to have this conversation, you have to be able to trust that person, trust the organization that the decisions or the statements that they're making are true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think we need to get to that point first where we trust yeah. each other enough or I know what I tell you, you're not going to judge me on what I say. Right. Because if there's judgment that I may never open up again, I may yeah. now close, close down. Whereas if I know there's a level of trust, which again, we've all been in that team environment. We know you trust your, your teammate. You trust the guy standing beside you to do the job. And because of that relationship, your relation, you're able to share. And because of that sharing, you're able to grow as a person. And, that, and I think that's what you're looking in the same situation. You're looking to build trust now between people, between clubs, within organizations that have never had that level of trust before where they can just yeah. truly just speak openly and freely. Yeah. Well, here's, here's a, a question of trust and it goes back to Kwame's point from the top down in June, 2020, there are currently no black officials among the 27 people elected by European soccer to ruling committees of UEFA and FIFA. Really? So when there are disciplinary issues of racism and things like that, like in Bulgaria, there's not one black representative on the 27 people who are making this decision. How is that possible when, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a doctor and I want to learn about surgery, 
am I having dentists or garbage men a committee here or am I having people that are representative of surgeries I mean it it's so logical that I don't know if it's illogical especially in soccer mark like it's not uh it's not hockey like we're talking about the world's game so that I didn't know that that's a great stat. I didn't know that either yeah well, I mean I, I just I I don't know how you can have a level of trust when the top has absolutely no idea how it feels to be, you know, at the bottom. So well, it's strange. And, and I, maybe I'm saying a controversial comment here, but I don't think the top wants to know. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to surround yourself with people that are like-minded, yeah. that you want to continue a certain direction, you're going to continue in that direction. Um, yeah. You shake things up and change if you want to change. So it's a clear indication that, you know, change doesn't, they don't want change to happen, right? That's the way I look at it. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm sure it's like that. Uh, it's well, you can see it even on smaller, even non-racial levels. That I mean, look at our school system. Nobody wants change in that because it's been like that forever. Yeah. If something's yeah. been the way it is, nobody wants to to be that person and make that change. Especially when it's a cash cow like FIFA or like mm-hmm. you know Premier League and all that. So it's 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 a it's a why change it? We're making millions. Yeah, it's and, and I think job. and I think it's still being looked at as as what we may lose as opposed to what we may gain. Yeah, right? I mean, you gotta look at it from a perspective. We will gain so much more because we're we're now much more cognizant of what people are thinking. Everybody is thinking and bringing all those ideas together to create the best product to put on the field yeah. or, or or to create the right events. And yeah, I mean, then that's what when Kwame was indicating. You know, it is a systemic problem, so it's going to need a systemic solution. It's not just yeah. going to take you know a, a one off one sure. year. You know, it's about maintaining the momentum. It's about keeping this topic, you know, of mind for everybody, regardless of what time of the year it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to jump back to what Kwame brought up there with that fourth official and the comments made by him and more recently, uh, Edison Cavani of Man United. Um, They both have said something inappropriate and I'm not going to say them because I don't know what they mean and that kind of, but Kwame nailed it earlier. I researched both uh, words and both were given this answer. Romania, there were a lot of people in Romania coming to the defense of this fourth official saying, mm-hmm. well, that's just accepted in our country. That's mm-hmm. how we describe it. So just because it's okay with, you know, 25 million not non-black people, it doesn't make it excusable. And Cavani was the same thing. He says, well, this is something we say in Uruguay all the time. Like, I was just saying it to a buddy. Like, this is nothing. But it's the the behavior that they don't even know it's wrong. Or it's almost defended at this point that it's, it's cultural. Well, that's not, you can't hide behind culture. Yeah, because yeah. as a white person, I'm not hiding behind what the bad things that just, because you know, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. And I'm going to flip that to now individuals. We were talking about teams. And now individuals, Bernardo Silva tweeted a picture of his teammate, Mendy. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember and that. By the character and he laughed laughing about it. And then he retweeted after that oh, saying, yeah. he said this quote, we can't even joke with friends anymore. Come on. Now, here's my question. I, and I don't know if this is going to come off as rude, but not rude, but whatever. Mendy, <laughs> is he so used to that? horrible behavior and these jokes and stupid things that it's almost he just fluffs them off at this point like is it that bad where he doesn't even realize it anymore 
Um, that's a tough one because I mean, I we yeah. will never know their personal relationship. Um, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to speak for for every you know person of color or yeah. you know, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever their relationship is, is that's that's their relationship. Yeah. However, they also have to recognize that they're world stars. Yes. So what you put on social media, it, you better make sure that it is above above board all the time because, um, you know, your words mean something to millions of people. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I'm not sure if Quazy wants anything to, wants yeah. to add to that. Yeah, I think what's very interesting, and, and I've always I've had this conversation at work, and I've had this conversation with my wife, is that, is that um, and I want you to be, and I want to be very clear and honest about this. I mean, um, because I am a member of the black community, because I'm, I'm a racialized individual, I mean, doesn't make me an expert in this in this conversation, right? I mean, I am speaking from lived experiences. I am speaking from my upbringing, right? And, and even for myself, um, and this is to go back to Mark's point about the relationship that you know Bernardo Silva and Mendy have. I mean there's a certain normalcy about these things, which is mm -hmm. to me is unacceptable. And I think that's where the discussion is, right? It's, it's, we've, it's been happening for so long that it's just become part of your normal day to day. And, and even for me, you know, whenever, when, when this uh, kind of peaked with the George Floyd incident, you know, yeah. I spent some time just, just thinking about, you know, incidences that maybe I, I interpreted differently that may have been, may have had a, a racial overtone, right? But because of the, how normal it's been in my, in my life or in my, in my world, it's almost like you have to go back and say, yeah. well, hey, actually, though, that was, that, was yeah. that, that could have been racism or, you know, so it's, so it's such a, and that's why I'm saying like the discussion around it is so important because of the, the perceived normalcy of these comments. And yeah, I, I say this, you know, like, like uh, Cavani, you know, this is a common term used in my culture. Well, it does, just because it's common doesn't mean yeah. that it's right. It doesn't mean it's not harmful to another culture. So I think it's still, you're now trying to break down the barriers of what is what is the perceived normal. Yeah. yeah no, I, that's, I wanna, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Steve, real quick, I, I, and, or, and or Kwame, but I just want to say, coming from myself, and I'm sure I don't want to speak for Steve, but like, I'm not doing this and bringing these up from my perch like I've never done anything wrong. You know what I mean? I'm not coming at this like I'm some sort of holy man who's never said, you know, I'm sure we're all guilty of something. We're all, you know, and, and I want to preface that. Like, I'm not pontificating to people listening to this who have and, you know, said something maybe in a locker room or inappropriate. I, I want to make that clear that I'm not this, you know, Mr. Uh, pontificating. Now, I want to throw to Steve or Kwame or both. If you're trying to tell your son, listen, Bernardo Silva did this. This is absolutely ridiculous. Pep Guardiola came out the next day and said, if the FA want to investigate, Bernardo will be open to talk. But you have never, you never know the person you're talking about. He's the loveliest person I've ever met. His best friend is Mendy. They're joking all the time. So that's what Pep Guardiola came out to say after that. And then he went on to say, my advice to him is hide your social media. So, <clears throat> You're talking about a world famous coach, yeah, the best in the yeah. world. That some yeah. people say I disagree with. He's a fraud, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, you're trying to tell uh, Liam that Silva's wrong, but then he sees what his favorite coach is saying. How do you do? How do you deal with? This? Yeah, he, he's wrong. He's given the wrong message there. Like that's that's like basically saying put the cut put the covers over the problem and and just make it go away so we can keep winning for Manchester City and and I just want a trophy like that's the wrong the wrong message yep. i i i wanted to get 
to, to, to sort of build on the, the fourth official and, and Kwame saying, you know, he doesn't even know. And then your, your topic there just with Kwesi. First of all, Kwesi, can I play for you? Like every time you say something, I'm ready to like strap on my boots. And like, can you, like, I may, they may not have tracked my year in the States. I might have a year of eligibility. Like, uh, like I'll get in shape, man. I'll stop drinking like after Christmas. After Christmas. Chilling me, man. It's so good. Like, so, so, such good message. And every time you say something, I've got like 50 things buzzing in my head. Like the one about, um, well, Kwame actually started it. I don't want to suck up to him, but uh, <laughs> your environment and 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 it's the fourth official just doesn't know, or like the Uruguayans and Cavani said, well, this is just this is there's nothing wrong with this. Like I think that's like it, it, without getting too cheesy, that's the beauty of sport. I love this organization that you've got, um, Kwesi. Like you can be in in sport and in these environments, and all of a sudden now you're building that trust with these people. You're learning about different cultures and people. Like I come from British family, you know. We're all white. I'm growing up playing soccer. Next thing you know, my mom's dropped me off at a gym with the, with the rockers. And it's like, boom, see ya. Good luck. You know, and now I'm, I'm in that environment. I don't know any better, but, but soccer gives this to me. You know, I'm also with my South American friends in that same gym. And they are like this Uruguayan Cavani and this is normal to them. But they quickly realize, oh, maybe this isn't normal. Maybe I shouldn't be. Like, maybe my culture's wrong in this point. Like, soccer mm. gives you those opportunities. And, and I would argue, like, it gives it to you more than like in a professional environment, like in my, my, my job, like when I'm in these team environments, because of what Quasi said about building trust and you've got to build it so much quicker than at work. And you've got to rely on the guy next to you. Like you're, you're surrounding yourselves with all sorts of different cultures and that. And I think it can teach people a lot quicker and it can, and it can make people realize, okay, you know, this piece is, is probably like something in my, my heritage and culture that's not correct. You know, and you learn that quick, you know, I, I just think that's, that's a, that's such a, you know, I, I don't want to say beautiful, like it's cheesy, but it's a beautiful thing about sport that they can do that. I'm, well, I'm just going to jump on. Sorry, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, Quan, 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 go ahead. Quan, go sorry, ahead. sorry. I want to, I was going to jump on that because I have a, I have a little story. It's not a uh -oh. long, don't worry. I have a story. No, it's a, it's a good one because yeah, uh, this is many moons ago, uh, Quebec, Quebec provincial team. Back when, you know, back when they had a Quebec provincial team, Ontario, yeah, BC, yeah, yeah. and it was nationals. Anyway, it's a different discussion. Those are the days, um, man. Those were the days, right? So, obviously, people from all over the province are getting together. Um, you know, you have the Montreal guys, the Quebec City guys, the Trois-Rivières guys, all over, all over Quebec, right? Uh, I'm rooming with this, I mean, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm rooming with someone who's from a completely different area of the province than me. Um, never had any issues or anything like that, but, we, you know, we're roommates, so it's like... In each other's business 24 7 going <laughs> to dinners together breakfast together at the yeah. end of our our stay in this like kind of week camp in preparation for nationals um he goes to me you know basically uh you know for for, for a black guy you're really cool no and yeah but you know going back and circling back to what quasi said about you kind of you know when at the height of this when you kind of replace it, scenarios in your head that was one that came back to me i was like i didn't even think about it then no i I didn't even think wow. about it as anything. I saw, oh man, yeah. I'm a cool guy. I didn't think about it, but in his upbringing, yeah, he was probably told something about you know people that look like me, yeah, that were a certain way. And he, right. he you know, and, and I don't look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as a good thing that I've kind of maybe changed his mind towards a race of people. So I, I think that's, that's bang on. He could be going to his car and his dad saying, "You roomed with him," and mm -hmm. he's thinking, "No, like you're wrong, dad." Like that's that's a great story. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. No, so, I want no, to uh, 
Oh, crazy. If you have something to say, say it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to just, you, you had made a point earlier on, you know, with regards to, you know, your past and not understanding, maybe you have said something and, and Kwame as well, us just going through different experiences in our life. And I, I don't, I think the issue is not a matter of you being defensive. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to call out everything you may have done or said or acted upon when you were younger. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about that. To me, to me it's not about you taking offense to what I'm telling you. It's more about you just understanding and acknowledging, right? And if that's all we knew, that's all we want to ask for. That's when we go back to, you know, uh-huh. athletes combating racism and the team mentality. Because I feel like students, right, when they're in their class, they have the ability to avoid each other or they have the ability just to talk about the subject at hand, whether it be math or English or whatever that subject may be. But as a teammate, right, you have to go so much deeper with that person. Like you're spending so much time either on the field, in the dressing room, or, or traveling on the bus. And we know what that's like. And it's in those moments, right, where, where those relationships are actually built. And then you yeah. get a true understanding of your teammate because you can't hide from each other on a team. You can't, no. right? No. You know every, every, every person's, you know, uh, intricate, you know, manners, uh, behaviors, what they, you know, what they like, what they don't like. And yeah. I don't feel you really get that in the classroom, but you can get that in the team. So totally it's that agree. mentality that I feel like needs to kind of go outward, which is why I feel like, you know, as athletes, as, as guys that have been involved in team, you understand what the foundation of it is. Like you have to have the trust, you have to support one another. And then this, having this conversation about racism falls right into that. Right, which is why it's so important within a team environment to have that. Yeah, no, agreed. And uh, I, I have something else here that I'm just going to read out quickly and then shift to something else. But it's another thing from the top down where uh, the FA came out and said players in English football will be banned for six to 12 games for discriminatory conduct under new FA sanctioning guidelines. So they said that. And um, FIFA and UEFA imposed a minimum 10-game ban for racism or other forms of discrimination. So this is very recent. Now, they said that, and then there's a little little, uh, small print where it says, the FA, although they said they can ban them for 6 to 12 games, there's flexibility to issue bans for fewer than six matches if the discrimination was on social media or if specific mitigating factors are presented. So it's saying you getting this ban for being racist, but we have the choice not to ban you if we don't think the racism is bad enough. Is that kind of what you guys got from that? Because I'm trying to understand it. <laughs> so it sounds like to me. <laughs> okay. So that's that. I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't me like losing my head in this topic and being like, wait a minute. Yeah. Sound right. You're going to be punished, but maybe not. <laughs> that's, that's that always works not... with my kids my kids <laughs> always listen when i do that yeah, yeah. So, okay so yeah i just wanted to make sure that and then somebody came out here um uh, from the anti-discrimination fair network and they said obviously this is ridiculous and it's putting the bands on the players but yet they're not punishing the club so i just wanted to say that because we talked about that now speaking of that in the social media part alfonso davies and his girlfriend jordan I cannot print. Hi, Everyone knows except for me. I'm the host of the show. He's going to move to Meditimo soon. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we all know that story. And for those who don't, there is a picture posted of Alfonso Davies, who's the greatest Canadian 
player right now, uh, World Eleven. I mean, the yeah. guy's a, a national treasure, and yeah. so is she. She's an absolute star for our women's uh, women's team. They posted a media on so, uh, so on social media together because they're a couple, and we're just hammered with racist comments on this uh, on social media. Uh, Wilfred Zaha has been outwardly, um, uh, you know, talking about his attacks he gets on social media. They were the attacks were so bad on Wilfred Zaha that he said he was afraid to check his social media in the morning, and it was traced back to a twelve-year-old kid who was arrested. Oh. Twelve yeah. years old. Okay. There's that. David McGoldrick scored two goals against Chelsea uh, a couple weeks back or a month back. Came home after scoring two great goals. Racism, abuse, all down his, his social media because he scored two goals against Chelsea. It just doesn't end. Van Arnhold, the left back for Crystal Palace, reported over 50 cases this past year of, of racism. So with all that said, and this is not the full list. I can go on for six hours. Um, Social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they need to do better. I'm sorry, no matter what it is. Yeah. I mean, Kwame, what do you think? We all work in social media. We do this kind of thing here. I mean, this has to be policed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about the IT world in that world, but I mean, there has to be. If they can censor you from playing a certain song on on a, on the uh, social media, I'm sure they can censor that. Um, you know, and that's scary because I mean, it's uh, you know the that's celebrities so imagine what's happening to people that are, you know regular joe the regular jill right that's out yeah. there so it's it's scary yeah it is scary and carl valentine uh, a good friend of mine um, wrote an article was interviewed in an article uh, about the alfonso davies thing uh, because his parents were of mixed race he was of in a mixed race uh, marriage as well and he said essentially what we've been saying i'll show i heard this and saw this to my parents 65 years ago and he said, not only is it still here, it's worse. I mean, it is mind-blowing that Carl Valentine at three years old is still hearing this in his 60s. Um, I just, like, I don't know. There is no, I'm not asking, like, I need the solution. But, you know, uh, with this whole uh, social media thing, like, it, it's almost at the point where do you not, should we not, have celebrities on here like you know how do we how do we how do we deal with this Gwesi, how, how would you do do you deal with your team uh uh you know your players do you ban them from phones on the bus or social media like how does that work i mean this, the, the day and age of, of, of social media is i mean it's a scary thing i mean i think there's a lot of positives around it but i think there's also a lot of negatives i think i think the social media platform allows you to put out a comment without truly being accountable for it Right. And yeah. this, this is not just speaking within within racism, I think, in general. And I, and I think that's very dangerous. Um, in a lot of the, the articles I've read and some of the interviews I've seen, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around freedom of speech. Right. And, and people should be able to say what they want. And I, and, and I think what the sentiment's been in these articles I've been reading is that, yes, freedom of speech does exist, but not when it's harmful or it's spreading hate. Right. Because we don't live in bubbles. We don't live in isolation. We don't live on islands. We live in interactive with other people of different cultures, different languages. And I, and I think we need to understand that we need to be respectful of that. Yes, I can speak my mind and yes, I have an opinion. At the same time though, I mean, we do need to live and work as one, as one people, right? And, and I yeah. feel like with social media, you have the, the ability to hide and you have yeah. the ability to be accepted in dark corners of the net. And, 
and it gives people more, uh, more, I guess, more confidence to be able to speak in these in these manners, right? But again, you know, the fact that people are speaking their mind, it just means that we need to foster and create platforms such as this one where we can have conversations. Like the fact that yeah. that you guys have taken on this con- this this topic, and we are openly speaking about this in a social forum is fantastic, right? Because you're doing it. There are other you know other uh, media outlets that are doing the same thing, and, and the more these conversations we can have is people will start to question themselves more, start to, you know, say, well, how can I be a part of the solution instead of part of the problem? But it will take yeah. time like anything yeah. else. Right. Yeah. Kwame, the Rooney rule. Have you heard about this? I have NFL. Yeah. So they've adopted that now into the, into the FA into everywhere except for the premier league. So championship and below, if you're interviewing for a new manager you must have a representation from uh from a the a person of color i'm not sure if it's black specifically it's black or asian or, or it's uh it's a british term bami so uh black asian um mixed i believe ethnicity okay. I, think okay. that's, I believe that's what it stands for is this is this a, a i mean it's a dumb question maybe but is this a positive step positive step forward for that and do you see enough black representation in coaching where you are in 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 west ottawa in ottawa um you know ottawa's a ottawa's a different place you know we kind of have our little niche we're almost in our own little bubble we're in between toronto and ottawa uh, sorry montreal and you know I do see, I mean, obviously we're friends with pretty much the majority of all the coaches that are in the city. Uh, we all have a very good, strong relationship. Um, and there is quite a, a diverse uh, diversity in, in the coaching at ranks. I don't see a, a diversity in the, you know, the organization or board level. That's where I think is the issues. And ultimately that's where the decisions are made. Um, you know, in regards to the Rooney rule that's been applied into the EPL or sorry, not the EPL, but the championship or the EFL, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, do I think it's a good thing? Yes. However, I don't think, and I could be completely off base here. I don't think someone should be chosen based on how they look, you know, sure. Obviously give us the opportunities, but let us let them earn it based on their merit, based on their quality, based on their integrity and what they bring to the, to the position. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Steve, Kwesi, both of you coached at the college or coaching now. And Steve, you coach at the college. What about in youth sports? What about like, are you are you seeing a diversity in youth sports? I mean, I think it's the same thing in terms of what what Kwame is alluding to as well, is that, you know, on the coaching levels, yeah, you're starting to see more coaches of of a racialized background. Um, However, at the administrative level and the management level, um, not as much, right? And I, and I think you know that that's the next step. And 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 I, I I'm completely understanding of the Rooney Rule. And I understand how that works. Obviously, I've I've read a lot about it in the NFL um, where it kind of started. Um, and I, I've had mixed feelings about it. I've kind of talked about it with a couple of my colleagues before in the past. Because I, I agree with Kwame to an extent where I believe you know the the qual the qualifications of the individual is what reigns true. I mean, however, in a system that is broken and mm. has not been given equal opportunities to those of a racial background, then you're looking for an equitable solution. And in this situation, yes, you do need to create a system that, that does mandate, you know, uh, a racialized individual to be interviewed. 
because we're so far behind at this point in time. You can't just all of, all of a sudden say, well, let's just be equal. Well, well we, we, we've been, you know, set back, you know, for hundreds of years. So in order for us to be equal, we need to be given certain, certain, um, you know, not, not benefits, but I want to say uh, be given certain opportunities, right. Yeah. Which we may not have been given before so that we can try to eliminate this issue. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's just a matter of, you know, just keeping everything equal and, Oh, we're going to try to do things equally now. No, I think, I think we're beyond that. I think it needs to be more of an equitable solution. So I think, you know, I don't, I, I, I like the idea of the Rooney rule. Um, and yeah. Uh, and I hope that we see more, more individuals in positions um, because let's be honest about it, right. If you're in a position of power as a head coach or, or any position, it's going to inspire the younger generation to see that I can do that. Right. Like, like the more, the more kids from our black community that see, you know, head coaches of universities or see uh, individuals in athletic director positions or positions higher in the universities, then they're going to want to aspire to that. But right Mm -hmm. now, if those individuals don't exist, then, then how do I know I can achieve that? Yeah. So this is a question I I want uh, to ask. I know Steve will want to know the same question because we're in that similar boat. Um, I'm a youth coach, so is Steve. I'm take, I've flipped down from the U11s to the U9s in case uh, TSN wanted to know uh, <laughs> youth coaching here. But uh, so I've flipped down to the U9s. What can I do to help this at the, my U9 level? Do, and Because these are thoughts that have popped in my head. I'm like, I saw the Island Games with the CPL when they all came out and stuff like that. Like that gave me butterflies. Like I loved it. And I thought to myself, when I take my U9s and before a game, I want my U9s to take a knee. I don't care if they go and score a goal. I want to take a knee and shoot. Now, something like that, is that isolating a person of color on my team? Is that bringing too much attention to an eight-year-old if we're doing that? Like, is this, is that something that we could maybe look into do as youth coaches? That's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes less is more. Um, sometimes just, you know, being in a situation where like, like we're in now is just having those conversations with your teams and, you know, just, you know, letting, making them aware that it's okay to be different because we're technically pretty much all the same in some way. Um, you know, I don't know if a U9 game, they need to have, take the knee and stuff like that. I mean, let's be honest, at U9, they'll probably be confused and they'll, I don't know, yeah. who knows, they'll t- go on both knees and an elbow and think it's like <laughs> or something. Um, so, so it's just a matter of, you know, I think just keeping the communication lines open and just recognizing that we, as in we, as in coaches, as in leaders, as in teachers, have, uh, you know, have a, a role to play in, in the education that we give these players. Yeah. I remember what Eddie Edwards said when mm-hmm. I asked him something about the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, which resonated with me. And I want to make sure I, I do remember, and maybe Steve and Kwame, we can bring this up to your, all the youth team. But he said something as small as when he was in the youth, uh, you know, his youth teams, and they would go to a banquet to, a, you know, pizza place or whatever. He said, why couldn't, you know, we go somewhere where I was familiar with, you know, like, yeah. so, and, uh, you know, something of, of the person of color's culture like so i'm making a mental note if we have a team dinner or something to go somewhere completely off the off the beaten path and talk about it you know what i mean and i remember when eddie told me that it just sat with me and i thought what a great little thing you can do with unite to open that conversation right is that something that we could maybe 
talk about implement with uh, other t- other clubs I mean I, other- I think it is for youth mark I, I remember that from Eddie and I it's it's I've, I've thought about it's percolated a lot like it's it's maybe I don't know if it's a bad example to try and prove this point but I remember coaching uh, a, a was team back when we were Canada and I had players coming from Perth and just the shared experiences like Quasi's talked to about being in a team and building trust and stuff and it was um, they were driving like an hour and a half to every practice and they were never late. And the other players I had were late. And I said, we're going to Perth to have a practice. Like we're going to see what they do every single practice. Like you're going to go in their shoes. You're going to drive to Perth and see what they do every single session. Yeah. You know, like I hope that resonates to the topic of Eddie's point of, you know, yeah. now let's put ourselves in someone else's position and their and, and make them comfortable in their environment. And then hopefully to what we've talked about before that makes me or whoever all of a sudden grow and say, Oh, you know what? Like here I am playing with the rockers in a gym and, and I'm learning this culture and like, this is incredible. So yeah. I thought that was such a good point, but Eddie, I'm glad you asked that question again. Cause I think it's a, it's an answer. Maybe we should just continue to recycle, you know? Yeah. yeah and I, I listened to that, to that show and, and a lot of Eddie had made a lot of great points, but that one in particular is one that, yeah. that really resonated as well with us because it is something we talk about here at the university as well, right? We do we do talk about it because it is something that you overlook. But if you think about the, you know, how easy it is to create yeah. that, right? We're yeah. not going to go for pizza today. We're not going to, you know, the, the, the same, the easy, the easy uh, food selections that we've made in the past, right? But again, that also starts from the coach, right? That's right. Who is willing to take the extra step and look into alternatives. And then at the same time, what you have to realize is that by, by making a decision like that, what type of conversation is that going to start? Yeah. And that's what the point is, right? Because that will, it, that will initiate a conversation that you may not have had before based upon the, yeah. the, the, the food selections you've made in the past, right? And, and I think that's what it is, right? Putting our, putting our teams or our players or our athletes in situations that they may not have been in before, which fosters a conversation, right? And that's what it is. And because the environment is one of a safe environment, you know that that conversation can be had there. Yeah, but great point from Eddie. Absolutely, I'm happy you brought it up. I think it's definitely something we can all do, right, yeah, within so. our team environments. Yeah. So before we move on here, uh, I want to say we're transitioning here into a bit of a lighter mood. You know, thank, into thank more goodness. soccer snub. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> into more. <laughs> yeah. It's the first no laugh, no laughs we've had in a while. Eh? We got to we got to bring out some stupid Mark questions here. I'm dying for Kwesi and Kwame to answer some of your questions. <laughs> like I'm not gonna, I've been thinking about it for weeks. I've been I dreading this moment. I didn't moment. go off the rails here. Okay, I didn't go off. But <laughs> just before we lighten the mood and have a bit of fun, um, I want to move on. You know, you mean moving Bastion and Ferguson oh, real geez. estate team, folks. <laughs> They can take care of moving, whether you live in the West End or the South End, like the three people I'm talking to, or if you want to be super cool and move to the East End with me, you not with me, near me. Okay, come on, I'm not that generous. Okay, contact Bastion and Ferguson. They'll help you out. Okay, you need to contact them so they keep sponsoring us and don't dump us. So somebody <laughs> Even if it's fake, go and talk to them and say the Sauger Snob sent you. Pretend to buy a house and just leave. <laughs> Ashton and Ferguson real estate team, look them up. Okay. Oh, that was good. Rapid fire. Okay. I'm sweating. Yeah. yeah. So here's a, these are more comments that I want. A couple of comments that I want you to comment on. We're not we're not keepers here. No matter no matter how badly 
that you and your team are playing and how many mistakes you made on the field, when a keeper lets in a soft goal, how quickly does your anger level go from zero to a hundred? Oh, easily. It's like yeah. the exclamation. It's like, it's like the exclamation point. Yeah. Right. If, if everything on the field is going wrong and the keeper lets the goal in, regardless of whose fault it was, yeah. oh, just lose it. Yeah, the you keeper, pull him. You pull him. It's like NHL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets the first shout for sure. He gets yeah. the first shout. And and eleven people like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ball just slid under my foot from a bad pass from my teammate, but you let it in top corner. Come on. Yeah. Hey, occupational <laughs> hazard, my friend. Occupational yeah. hazard. It just comes with it, man. Wacy's right on the goalie stuff with us. This is brilliant. Yeah, I love that occupational hazard. I'm going to use that one. Quasi is left-footed but takes penalties with his right foot. Can we comment <laughs> on this ridiculousness? <laughs> what? You asked me? What, yeah. what, what planet is he from? Like, <laughs> First of all, I assumed he wouldn't use his, his left or right foot. He'd head it. <laughs> uh, you know what i don't I, I can't remember when that started for me i mean i think somebody challenged me at one point said you know i said my right foot was a kickstand and normally in the run to play it is but pks for some reason it was just good for me so i never wow. i never changed it i never changed wow. it yeah i don't think i've ever heard of that before <laughs> oh, imagine. I know. man that that's wow. that's that's balls i like that now the two uh sports coaches here do you let your players wear those stupid neck warmers in the game to stay warm in November? You know the ones in Italy where it's like they're out to here and they, they cut? Yes. You don't. You do? No, don't. no, no. I was just saying I know the ones you're talking about. No. Okay. I don't let them. You can't, can't no. let them play with that. No. What about yeah. gloves or those like ear covering uh, little headband things? Well, I'll speak on the gloves one because you know, you know, Steve O'Kay, you know, and Mark, you know, our upbringing, you know, we're, the, 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 the soccer school of hard knocks from Sandy McIntyre yeah. required no gloves. Yeah. So, no gloves. so I'm always torn. I mean, yeah. I, I will admit as a coach, I don't wear them on the field ever. I never wear them just because of where I've come from. However, in games that we're playing, I do allow our players to wear them. I do. I wear gloves in July. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing he's got them on right now mark can't you see <laughs> yeah well that's what i saw to, uh yesterday i seen i, I was watching one again short sleeves and gloves yeah. if you're in the premier league come on wear some longs i don't know short if, yeah. it's, if it's weather enough for short sleeves leave the gloves behind that's a great argue, point. That's fair. I argue that as well. I think that's fair as well. If you don't have time yeah. to wear the long sleeve, you don't have time for it. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Is it still something in soccer? Because soccer has shifted. These kids are all technical and they can do all this stuff. But is it still in our coaching genes or our, our DNA to take a nice big yellow card the first five minutes to set the tone? <laughs> is that still a thing? <laughs> Well, yes and no, because you, you can't really say it, right? You can't, you can't, I can't say that in those little words, right? I can, I can say, hey, this is the tone you want to set. And you're hoping that one of your players in your 11 understands the message you're trying to get through. 
But in some cases, it falls on deaf ears, and they don't. Right? <laughs> Quasi, you know, Quasi, come on, man. I'm t- I'm stopping you. Isn't that one of like Carlton's Ten Commandments? Come on. <laughs> yeah, but we but we can't we can't overtly say that anymore. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. Not right, said. Like, sorry. We, we we talked about social media. All it takes is one person. Yeah, to say, yeah, hey, yeah. Just today. about to say that. Smart. So I may I may disguise it and I may dress yes. it up, <laughs> and you're hoping that so, somebody understands what you're getting at <laughs> gently tap his shin pad just gently tap the shin pad do you think this is a weird question because i i thought of myself in this do you think some players are better on grass than they are in turf and vice versa oh i i think so absolutely yeah i i, I personally as soon as turf came, my career ended. <laughs> that was it for me. I was like, I can't chase it. It's balls rolling forever. You <laughs> Steve, what about you? Or Grace, what about you playing on it? Now you, all we do is play on turf, Steve. Are you the same yeah. player or are you better? I, I like to think you should adapt. Like this is the coach. This is the, I guess this is the coach, coach in me saying that. I mean, as a player, I'm not slide tackling you as nearly as I often as I should be. If I was on turf, there's no chance. But I mean, I think, you know, turf and grass play, right? You adjust first five minutes, you figure it out. It's like when we were younger and grass pitches weren't even, right? I used yeah. to walk the field before the game to figure out what the divots were. I think there's no difference between a grass field and the turf field on a game day. You figure it I out. lived off of those divots. If it weren't for those mistakes, <laughs> I don't play soccer. As soon as turf came, no one made mistakes anymore. I couldn't <laughs> go. You know, oh, the most interesting God. thing is for me now, and this is a, a cultural thing for soccer, is that, like I mentioned, so my point was when we were younger, I remember from my dad, when you show up on a field game day, you used to walk the grass walk the field, field to know yeah. to know whether I'm wearing six studs that day or I'm wearing right. that day. That's right. right? Yeah. What's interesting is that that practice, that culture still exists, but kids are walking a turf field. And I'm like, well, why are you yeah. walking a turf yeah, you, it's the same. It's the same. There's no whole. <laughs> it's the same, right? So it's oh, like awesome. the culture exists, but the relevance of it no. makes no sense. Makes no. You know what it, it makes, makes no sense now? It's them. They just want to walk around with their earbuds, listening to Celine Dion or whatever they're pumping. <laughs> Celine Dion. <laughs> so, in the university game now, and you know what, Steve, I'm going to even extend it to your old timers. Does anybody wear black boots anymore? I do. Yes, old timer. I do notice. I'll be honest, Kwame. Like this is a kissy uppy. I do notice that about you. I always think like well played. <laughs> I give you a golf. I give him a golf putt hand like clap from afar. I, I just. No I grew up on black boots. Player. Yeah. yeah, there's no way one player on your Carlton team wears black boots. No, if they do, it's a secondary pair of boots. It's not the first. It's not. It's not, it's not the primary oh, pair. That's true. No, it's not the primary pair. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like Kwame. I hold strong. I got. I'm black boots all day long, just to, you know, yeah. to maintain. To maintain. Yeah, to maintain. That's a great. It's about way to, to put maintain. It. You got to maintain. Forty plus. We we have to. We have to keep that strong. I just yeah. like to say, um, I was kind of taking offense to this 40 club you put me into. I'm not 40 in front of the week, so um, right. I'm 39. Just putting that out there. The well, year. guys, this is my last show. I'm out of a job. So uh, <laughs> thanks for pink, everything. Pink slips in the mail. You know yeah. what? Yeah, Bastion and Ferguson, I need a new home. <laughs> um, 
I'll start with Kwame on this. Who's the best player you ever played with in Ottawa? Oof. Oh, man. In Whoa. Ottawa. Put him on the spot. From Ottawa or in Ottawa? In Ottawa. Wow. That's my goodness. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. The best the first player, player. The first player that's popped in there. Uh, Peter Maponda. All right. Kwesi, first person who popped in there. Wow. That's such a big one. Uh, Urban Somme. Steve. Didn't I answer this already? Do it again. Go to the table. I can't. I don't know. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> They're killing me right now. And like Kwame and Kwesi are staring at me while I have to answer this. It's even worse. <laughs> at least I can hide on social media like Guardiola tells me to do. Um, <laughs> best ever? Friggin' Al, man. Oh, who did I say? I did answer this. Yeah, you did, and I don't remember, so I'm trying to. Here do I. I want to go to the tape because like, <laughs> now I'm like totally blanking. I'm like, have I played in Ottawa before? Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, I don't know. Let's say Gordon Armstrong for now. Let's go old school. Oh, oh. That's a good one. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, anybody who's 50 and he's destroying people in the prem, yeah. like, I end up, yeah. like that's a tough one to argue. With. Yeah, I remember like that. A, yeah. It's like a Freddie Jewett call. Like you, you can't yeah. knock. Yeah. You can't go wrong with saying someone like that. So. Yeah. Kwame, it's December 18th. Do you have all your wife's gifts ready and wrapped? <laughs> we we do not give each other gifts. Oh, so neither do we. So that's why. I, yeah. yeah. Neither, yeah. Okay. No, we, we haven't given each other gifts since, I don't know, forever. Since kids, probably. Kids. Yeah. Well, before kids, we're just like, you know what? Like, every day is a gift, honey. <laughs> oh! Wow. That's an I edit, win. That I win right now. I win. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Quasi, are yours wrapped? And and are you confident with the gifts? I think my answer would depend upon when this show is being aired. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I, you know, I don't want to give away too much where I'm at. Twenty seven, Quasi. I like, I like, I like to say, and I, and I like to say, I like to play the risk. I like the hustle and bustle of the Christmas shopping. So I never, oh. I never oh. buy anything until like four days before. And so, it's extra in a global pandemic. You're still holding yeah, over the I, I am. I, I still hold true, right? So some oh, Christmases cool. they're fantastic. Some are I, I overspend because I don't have a choice. <laughs> you know, so I just I just roll the dice. It's just it's just something I like to do. Steve, are you ready? You're ready. Look at you. No, not at all. We don't give each we're like the same as Kwame. Every day's a gift with me. Look at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I give you that. All right. Would you rather, okay, Kwesi, I'll give you this first. I know the answer, I'm sure, but now that you're in a position of coaching, it's going to ah. be it. Would you rather win a clean tackle and the game continues, or would you rather win a tackle and get the man enough that he's down for 14 seconds, then gets up and play continues? Oh, the 14 seconds has to go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a center back by trade. If, if, yeah. if, if I hit you and you're still standing, my, my job is not done correctly. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming same for Kwame. No, I think I'd go, I'd go the opposite, clean and continue. Wow. I was a ball playing center back, right? Yeah. I mean, you're polished, Kwame. No. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the rusted hammer in the toolbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, would you rather win a national final 6 0? Or two one in golden goal. Oof. 
Ooh. I'm going to step in. Then. I'm going to step in. Six okay. nil. Yeah. I don't want any drama. I just want to know I won. You know what? Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo Steve's. Six nil as a coach, I want to win. Yeah. But yeah. as a player, I want that golden goal elation. I'll be, I mean, we won four nil with Algonquin in the final. And I, I, I like three nil. I remember like it was done. And I, I actually said out loud to Jason and, and to Mike Crusoe, I was like, this feels so good. Cause like I did, I was like, I won. I didn't have to wait till the end. I was so happy. Yeah, true. Yeah. I think once you get to that final six nil, yeah. if I, if I can yeah. put at ease in the first, you know, 20 minutes of the game, I can relax the rest of the game. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Wait, that. Yeah. You're sending your AD your ring size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I'm, I'm you're getting, with, you're I'm getting with, the champagne uh, ready. I'm with yeah. Mark. I, I, I'm with Mark six nil as a coach two one as yeah. a player. Yeah, that's a good call. That 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 golden goal, elation, you can't yeah, re- you can't beat that. Feeling. that. You know yeah. what you can't reproduce, Quasi? <laughs> Bad memories. <laughs> when we lost in golden goal in the national final, I remember whatever we were all, everybody's it's the worst in the whole world. We went back to our change room. A, nobody thought of this stupidly. A huge bucket of champagne. No. So, in ice water, but the ice had melted, so they were bobbing like corks oh. in water. Just yeah. no ice. Oh. We walk into that. Yeah. Yes, that is a, a definite memory, and I mean more so for me now because when I when I travel with the team now, um, I run into you know alumni from Brock University, so they are oh, no. they are for sure to remind me uh. about that. So it's it's a tough one. How do you not take that out of the room first thought of somebody in that situation? Yeah. I'm upset. Who I'm I'm still upset about that. Although I think we (laughs) killed them all within 30 seconds once we went in there. Yeah. uh, You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a but that's what sport is, right? It makes you feel certain things, you know. Some some are good, some are bad, but that's what it is. Yeah. An evil genie comes in your home. Okay says you have to pick one of these would you rather the only sport that you and your kids can play is golf or baseball oh my goodness wow i'm gonna say i'm I'm gonna say baseball only because my cousin is a coach at mcgill baseball team that's the only reason i'm saying it golf you don't need to wait for a bunch of losers to join you. You just play on your own. True. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with Steve on this. I am golf. I mean, in this pandemic, yeah. I, I must admit, I became an avid player. And I can't get enough. I cannot get enough right now. I know, eh? So you know I'm what, all Steve? in. Steve, you might have nailed a great point there. Baseball might be the only sport where you need – uh, an entire city to come to yeah. actually get a game going. You can play yeah. soccer one v one, basketball one, v- but baseball you need, you literally need how, like fourteen. How horrible is that? You you pitch it and the guy hits it and then you're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask, let me ask you this: If there's no bat involved, is it just catch? Is it even baseball anymore? No, no soccer, right. baseball. That's true. You it's take away a three foot piece of wood and you no longer have the game. <laughs> the game is done. Interesting. I like where we're going with this. <laughs> you know what? Thank you, Evil Genie. 
Um, I just wanted to uh, to take a second now that we're done being stupid to thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, saying racism is is important is like the understatement of like the history of the world. But you're both, and again, this is not cushion anyone up because you're here because I know you, but you guys are the absolute pinnacle of role models for leadership positions here in Ottawa. Um, you're leaders in the community, okay? Taking responsibility, taking your time away from your kids and family, using your intelligence and experience to better the next generation. That does not go unnoticed by me. And hopefully we push this episode and get people to, to see conversations need to happen for this kind of thing to go forward. So seriously, guys, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Our pleasure, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. And, and Mark, I want to say just, you know, thanks to you guys. I mean, to be very honest, I mean, the, the title of your show is Snocker Sno Soccer Snobs. I mean, you don't have to talk about this topic on your show. And I, and I think it's people like yourself that that create the platform and the forum, you know, to lend itself to a, such an important topic and, and time in, in our history right now. I think it's I think it's very important. I think that needs to be mentioned. I mean, you guys are doing a great job. I love your shows. Um, but to be able to lend yourself now to have these topics of conversation um, and realistically, I mean, your listeners, you know, all it takes is four or five of your listeners to now have this conversation with their family or with their friends. And, and that's what we're talking about, impacting community. So, so I thank you for the job that you guys are doing and, and for having us on today to talk about this. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I echo 150% everything that Quasi just said. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody knows, you know, Cap City Beats is, uh, is my baby, but uh, you know, it, it was always, not just me, it was always going to be a community to make this thing work and to have the success that we have and to see you guys flourish and you guys have the guests that you guys have had on, um, you know, with, within your own, your own platform. Honestly, I just, I'm just grateful that you guys are sharing this with me and you guys are doing such a fantastic job. So, you know, the fact that it took me 30 something shows to get on here, I mean, that's a different discussion. But, um... <laughs> I was waiting for that one. I was waiting for, I was waiting for that one. But you guys, you guys are killing it. So just thanks. Thanks for everything. Much appreciated. Thanks, guys. No, no. Um, we're not going to let you off without our, our textbook soccer snob quiz. Damn it. Okay. Our quiz question. Okay. I'm going to start with Quasi because he's got an obvious advantage. So I'm going to start. We'll go Quasi, Kwame, Steve. Wait. No. Why do you do this? If he has the advantage, and then we're just going to copy him. You know what? Good call. That's why Steve's go there. Put <laughs> him at the end, man. Go, Steve Kwame Kwesi. All right. Yeah, and I know Kwame. I know he's like, okay, fine. I'll just go. He's gonna do a J and do Y one more. <laughs> Steve, what yeah, year? Go. In what year was Carleton University founded? Oof. Oh. he's under immense pressure. Here. Wow, you heard. Eighteen eighty-eight. Eighteen eighty-eight. Kwame. 1941. Quasi. Oh, you're hurting me here, man. <laughs> Your job's on the line, I think. Yeah, man. my job's on the line. <laughs> I, I want to say, yeah, I think I think it's like 1934, 1935. All right. First off, here's one. <laughs> oh, Steve no. went totally. Steve went Ottawa U wrote because I did this with Ottawa U and <laughs> Ottawa U was founded in like 2 BC. It's like the, yeah. Earth, like the yeah. world. Yeah. For some yes. Yeah. So Steve was way off. Oh. 
the 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 winner is is the man the the CEO. Oh. Okay. Oh. Carlton oh. University was founded in 1942. No oh. way! Almost. Oh wow! It. I almost nailed it. Yeah. There you go. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you're you right where mine was. When I was looking yeah. it up, I'm like, it's got to be 18 something. <laughs> mine was, I thought it was way off. Mine was a complete guess. I had no clue. I knew yeah. you were close. I knew you were close. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, what All took right. you guys so long, man? Auto we use is like killing you here. Yeah, yeah. It's years. It's quality, not quality. And they still don't have a soccer yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's that, boys. So thanks very much. Uh, you know, we always end like this. So, you know, woo! <laughs> <laughs>